A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere. Maven, concentrate on Sim. Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems. There is a corridor. And the corridor is time. It surrounds all things. On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar. That's the display department. With a torch. The lights were probably gone. So had the stairs. You are just number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 438. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are continuing our discussion about the new Avengers. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. Yeah, we're back with the return of John Steed in The New Avengers, a TV series that ran over two seasons in 1976 and 1977. 26 in total episodes, about 50 minutes each, broadcast on ITV. And if you're familiar with The Avengers from the 1960s, you will recognise the high-octane mix of rather elaborate spy-fi plots and in the slightly surreal or hyper-realistic, exaggerated Avengers land tone that we discussed in our last episode and previously, Brian. Yes, absolutely. And we have a new team of agents with Steed being a little bit more like a leader than he had been in the past. So in this, you know, we have a large cast over the, the whole run with our leads and our main recurring characters being Patrick McNee as John Steed, Gareth Hunt as Mike Gambit, and of course Joanna Lumley as Purdy. And we have lots of different guest stars in this. Not many recurring people, but lots of guest stars. And I have to mention, Peter Cushing shows up in the opening episode, which is called The Eagle's Nest. And Vladek Shabol is there as well. But we get into this, you know, lingering Nazis plotline, which is a common thing from the late 60s and from the 70s as well. So getting Peter Cushing in there was really quite neat too. It's a terrific first episode for the New Avengers and yes, as ever, Brian, we have to mention and shout out Peter Cushing whenever we see him. Interesting to see him actually not playing the sort of villain of the piece, as it were, or at least a character who's been forced to do something that he doesn't necessarily want to, I shall say. But yeah, I mean, how lovely to see him on screen again almost impossible to have a bad word about Peter Cushing yeah and it was like a perfect way to start things off with having someone like that in the opener and then as you say Vladek Shabel who you know famously gives us another Bond connection to a show that we're watching which is nice yes absolutely he was memorable in From Russia with Love and we've seen him show up in quite a few things we've covered over time now and of course there's a host of other guest stars as you've mentioned brian let's just pick out a few that i noticed to begin with gabrielle drake from ufo turns up in an episode annette andre from the original randall and hopkirk deceased michael sheard who turns up in the new avengers and has turned up in just about everything on british television at one point or the other we have gone into michael sheard in detail on a previous episode i'll mention an episode that features not only a very young lindsay duncan and pamela stevenson from not the nine o'clock news but also features a particular favorite bond girl uh, for me in particular caroline monroe is in an episode 
great to see her and another Bond connection for this series. And you've mentioned, Brian, that we don't get too much in the way of recurring characters. You pointed out that John Paul, the actor, plays a doctor. We've seen him in the Doomwatch series from the early 70s where he led the team of scientists. And he sort of recurs in a few episodes as a sort of the New Avengers medical advisor, I guess. Yeah, he shows up a number of times, which was interesting. The Avengers generally has very few recurring characters. You know, you have your main team of two or three people, and sometimes there's a recurring boss character and even a boss's assistant. So, you know, you had Mother and Rhonda in the last series of the 60s run and so on. But usually you have very few recurring characters. And this was one case where you had one, and that was interesting to see. I, I thought it was a nice touch having that character show up a few times. Now, we could continue our talk about recurring characters in a way, or perhaps say that he isn't, because we have to shout out a few more actors who come back from the early series. We have to mention an episode called To Catch a Rat, which features the return of the actor Ian Hendry, sadly not playing the role that we know him from, from the Avengers, Brian. Yeah, Ian Hendry, of course, played Dr. Keel, who was the original star of the Avengers in Series 1. And he's not playing that character here, but he is back in an Avengers show. So that was really neat to see him there. And it's a pretty good episode, actually, where they get down to some serious sort of espionage stuff and I shall probably just say that he sort of plays an older agent who's in some way been reactivated. Yeah, it was a strong episode for sure. Now we should also mention this slightly odd one in a two-parter. The only two-parter they did was called K is for Kill. And in part one, they wanted to have Diana Rigg reprise her role as Emma Peel. Well, she was not going to come back for this. Partially, apparently, she was nine months pregnant at the time. And they ended up doing something with archival footage where you have a couple of telephone conversations with Emma Peel where you see sort of quick glimpses of her in clips from the old show. And they had Sue Lloyd doing the voice. So we get a sort of slightly odd way of having Emma Peel back in an episode briefly. Nice to see her and to have a bit of interaction between John Steed and Emma Peel again, even if it is sort of down a telephone line and voiced by a different actor. But yeah, Emma Peel does briefly reappear in the first part of K is for Kill. I'll also mention that at that point she was actually pregnant with Rachel Sterling, who is a very good British actor who is still around and doing lots of great work now. Absolutely. I love Rachel Sterling now, particularly from Detectorists, a series that I always mention. Great stuff. Detectorists and also the Bletchley Circle. And she's done some solid work with Big Finish as well. She has turned up with Big Finish. Yes, very good. Now, another one I wanted to mention... Both actors who played Travis in Blake 7, Stephen Greif and Brian Croucher, both show up in different episodes of the New Avengers and both had quite good appearances and were very entertaining in this. Yes, I, I have to confess that I didn't notice that connection, but fortunately your Blake 7 radar 
picked up that both versions of Travis are in the new Avengers. Fantastic. Yes, indeed. Now, the Avengers in much of the 1960s run had lots of sort of science fiction themes and sort of science fictional elements that would show up in actually a lot of episodes sort of increasingly as they went through the M appeal years and so on. And of course, here we get some science fiction themes, as you've said, Brian, previously updated for the 1970s. We find them, uh, the writers of the show and the Avengers team themselves, still concerned about the uh, dangers of brainwashing and mind control. It wouldn't be a Avengers show if there wasn't a supercomputer or two that's uh, possibly causing some havoc. Here I noticed they'd introduced the concept, perhaps more so, of biological warfare as a threat. Again, representing or you know reflecting some of those ecological concerns that we've seen in other 1970s shows. There are super-powered agents in a couple of episodes. And, of course, it wouldn't be an Avengers show since the Emma Peel years if it didn't at some point feature the return of, or in this case, the last of those deadly robotic killers, the Cybernauts. Yes, it's always fun to see the Cybernauts show up, and I'm glad they included them here. So it was the third appearance of the Cybernauts. Absolutely. Now, of course, there have to be villains, and in the 70s, you know, still in the very much in the Cold War, it probably goes without saying that Russian agents and Chinese agents and general feelings of Cold War infiltration crop up as the sort of possibly the villains in several episodes of the new avengers yeah absolutely they at times don't get into it too much but the avengers really was always a cold war espionage show and we have you know these espionage elements with the hunt for moles in their old organization and leaking of secrets and the sort of relationship between them and the foreign spies and that kind of game and so on. The government operatives who are sort of old friends of Steed and also agents who wanted to date Purdy at some point seem to have a particularly tough time in this show. Yes, I think we both noticed this trope and of course it has been noted quite widely ever, uh, elsewhere Introducing an old friend who we've not previously seen to turn up in an episode is always a bad sign in a way. They usually they're going to have an unhappy ending. And all the various agents of whatever agency Steed, Gambit and Purdy who work for, all of the agents who try to go on a date with Purdy or have a romantic interest in her, they also seem, should I say, doomed, Brian? Yes, and there are some good characters, and, you know, the old friends of Steed can be interesting characters, but, yeah, they don't do so well in the end, it seems. There's quite a lot of agents milling around in the late 70s in the New Avengers, it seems. I guess, yeah. Now, if there are spin-offs from the shows we cover, we like to get to them. We have a few, Brian. Yes, we do have spin-offs to other media, of course. Six of the episodes were released in novel form in 1976-1977 time frame. Yeah, different writers on those, but the writers obviously adapting the screenplays into a novel form. 
it wouldn't be a British Invaders episode if I didn't mention a comic spin-off, Brian. And we do have a couple of New Avengers Christmas annuals. This is, these are the British hardbacked sort of A4-sized comic book annuals that often appeared as stocking fillers around Christmas time. Here they've got the usual mix in both volumes of short stories in text form, photographs from behind the scenes and production details and features about the show and the agents and their cars and so on. And of course, comic strips themselves of the New Avengers. Some of them illustrated by the French artist Pierre Le Goff, who I don't know too much about, I'm afraid, but probably should do. But some of them, I'll note, are drawn by a wonderful British comic book artist, John Bolton, who would later go on to work on a comic in the 1980s called Warrior, a great artist who I have had the, the fortune of meeting. So, yeah, I must have a look at those new Avengers annuals at some point, Brian. Yes, they would be interesting to track down. The hardback annuals, as you mentioned, were uh, or are a huge institution in the UK of these annuals that include comics and short stories and sometimes puzzles and things marketed as Christmas gifts for uh, for kids and they went with all sorts of TV shows and comic books and so on and it's really sort of a, a big deal there are a lot of those still being published and they go back I think to the 1950s indeed and as you say still get them every year as well so you were talking about an interest oddity in the US that was coming up too. Oh yes, this is a strange spin-off. I'm not sure if it is exactly a spin-off of the New Avengers, but Brian Clemens was invited to adapt the series for CBS television in the United States. And he wrote the first episode or the pilot episode of a show that was then renamed Escapade, starring Granville Van Dusen and Morgan Fairchild in the lead roles in a sort of Gambit and Purdy series, except their names were changed. They're not playing Gambit and Purdy. They're playing Joshua and Susie, I believe. And the first episode or the pilot episode, which ran for an hour, was actually broadcast, we found out, Brian. We were talking about this before we started recording. You described it in an interesting way in its relationship to the New Avengers. Oh, it did sound a bit like the, the New Avengers with the serial numbers filed off. You know, they changed the name and the names of the characters and they they don't have steed in there which is uh significant but with brian clemens writing it they sort of have some of the feel of it in there i haven't watched it but apparently it's on youtube and i i, I need to take a look at it now we are tempted to watch escapade uh, we have had a quick chance to look at a trailer that's also on youtube before we started recording and if you watch that trailer for escapade from 1978 i'm gonna say you're gonna notice a certain new avengers or at least classic avengers vibe to that trailer i'll just say that yeah if you wanted something that would have an avenger 
Rogers feel to it, Brian Clemens was always the person to do that. Almost synonymous with the Avengers. Indeed. So I guess it's that time of the episode when we're going to get into more of our own thoughts and views about the new Avengers from 1976 and 77. Brian, I'm going to kick it to you to start us off with the pros of this series. What did you like about the new Avengers? There was a lot that I liked about the new Avengers. I enjoyed it more than I was expecting to. I will start off by saying that the main cast was great. I thought Patrick McNee was always on good form as Steed. I didn't find him sort of too old or being too far in the background at all. I thought he was great. And Joanna Lumley was a great co-star in that position. And having Gareth Hunt as Mike Gambit, that was new and a little different, but he was good too. And I like the the chemistry they had with them. I enjoyed that main cast a lot. I think those three are spectacular, Brian. I agree with you. I think they're absolutely wonderful. Patrick McNee just is John Steed. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to think of him in any of the roles. He is just John Steed. And it's wonderful to see him back on screen, even if he is slightly more evuncular and leadership orientated than the action star of the 60s. But even so... He put the effort in and he does get involved in quite a bit of the rough and tumble. I often think that Mike, you know, Mike Gambit, Gareth Hunter's Mike Gambit gets slightly short shrift in people's memories of the New Avengers. I think he's great and he seems to be that wonderfully sort of capable agent who knows how to handle himself and gets up to some great stuff. And I'm also going to mention that it's almost impossible to underestimate how successful Joanna Lumley was as Purdy and what a huge breakout star she was in the late 1970s for this role, for that haircut, for her performance, for her sort of wit and charm and charisma, her wonderful costumes... And that, as you've said, Brian, that wonderful sort of slightly sparring relationship she has both with Steed and Gambit is wonderful stuff to watch. Yes, I think in many ways what people remembered at that point was Diana Rigg as Emma Peel, even though Tara King was after that. But Emma Peel was such a big phenomenon. It was like that was the the hard act to follow for their new character. And I think Joanna Lumley pulled it off. I think she did really well with that. Yeah, did a great job of becoming the new Avengers girl. Yeah. How about the look and the sound and the feel of the episodes, the production? values brian i thought it was great i i thought it looked good that had a lot of the sense of the original and didn't feel too heavily 70s to me you know it had some of that very avengers-esque or 60s look but did bring in 1970s styles and in some ways too they had a lot more car chases and car smash-ups in this you know, because it was from the the mid-70s. But those things look good, and they, I think, worked well for it. And you had Laurie Johnston doing the music. And that, I think, really helped root it into what we know and love for the Avengers. So I thought all of that worked really well. How about you, Eamon? Oh, absolutely. The sound was great. The music's great. The, the production values look fantastic. 
I love to see those classic 70s British cars, the, the, the Range Rovers, the Jaguars, the TR7s getting thrown around. So I enjoy all that. Yeah, I think it's really, it looks and sounds like a great show. I love what Laurie Johnson did with updating the theme music. So that's really good. What did you think about the writing? I think it's, I think you can tell a Brian Clemens episode. I think those are the ones possibly that stand out. I'd have to say my personal flavour of New Avengers would be the ones where they're slightly more serious about the espionage and the plots going on. But on the whole, I think the adventures that they get up to and the writing throughout is pretty good. What about yourself, Brian? I really enjoyed the writing. I thought what they did in this was a sort of best of, of storytelling styles from the original 60s run in that you have some more serious ones. We mentioned To Catch a Rat earlier, which has, you know, a very serious spy plot that felt more like a Kathy Gale episode or even a Dr. Keel episode. So when you had Ian Hendry coming back, a different role, but uh, Ian Hendry still coming back, it was almost an episode that could have fit into the year where he was starring in the show. And when you get into some of the more out there things, they felt more like the later years of the 60s run. And yeah, all in all, I thought the writing and the storytelling in this was good and felt very much like the Avengers. So I was pleased with all of that. Yeah, I would agree. I like the To Catch a Rat episode. I love the first episode, The Eagle's Nest with Peter Cushing in it. Yeah, great stuff, I thought. And also, of course, while we mentioned Peter Cushing and Ian Hendry, we've got to mention the wonderful guest cast. Some very familiar faces and names from 70s television over here. All doing great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to mention, we talked about the different backers and so on. For the final four episodes of the New Avengers, it was titled as The New Avengers in Canada. And they... They shot those four episodes in Toronto and they had their their lead actors there and they made it look very much like it was in North America and had Toronto landmarks in there. They were very clear about it. And those, I don't think, are their strongest episodes, but they still did some good stuff with that. So I thought that was sort of a fun diversion to have in the end of having these last few episodes that were a little different. Yeah, great stuff. Is that the CN Tower? Is it still called the CN Tower? Crops up in an episode or two? It is still the CN Tower and it shows up a number of times. Great stuff. Well, you're going to go on location. You may as well show the sights, as you say, Brian. Yeah, and that's Things that are shot in Canada are very often done to look like they're in the States somewhere or done to be kind of generic. It could be anywhere, but sometimes they'll really make it clear where it is. And they did that here, which I appreciated. So we're getting the impression that we both generally like this series. Were there any parts of the new Avengers that didn't work quite so well for you, Brian? There were not that many. On the whole, it worked okay. There were you know from from the era the typical 
sort of questionable racist type stuff with some of the Chinese and Russian villains that would show up. There was one character who was intended to be Chinese who was a villain who just sort of spoke in a very breathy way and had a strange costume. So there were some things like that that were a little odd. Yeah, I think slightly dodgy 1970s, as you say, racial stereotypes and clearly British actors playing Chinese or Russian agents with some, yeah, dodgy, some rather dodgy makeup and accents and clothing choices at times. We look back at it now and think, we wince, I think, a bit about that. But that was obviously... It was the time. We've talked about this with many of the shows we've covered from the 60s and 70s. Yeah, it felt a little bit more prominent than it did in the 60s Avengers, but it was there It was there in the 60s as well. I have to ask you about the Cybernauts episode, Brian. I was quite excited that the Cybernauts were coming back again, and I remember it being quite exciting when I watched it in the 70s. I was a little disappointed this time when I actually rewatched it. Oh, I enjoyed the the Cybernauts episode, mostly because it was there and it was Cybernauts, but I thought it was reasonably well done. I wanted to, I, perhaps I wanted a little bit more updating of the design and the activities of the robot assassins for the late 70s. I felt it was very similar to some earlier stories we'd had with them. Yeah, they were recreating something rather than moving it on and advancing it. But that was sort of one of the most referential things they they did, and I was okay with how they did that. What did you think about how they brought Emma Peel back into it briefly? Um, it's lovely to have a bit of Steed and Emma Peel interplay on the show, even if it's, you know, contrived through archive footage and another actor doing the voice so yeah i quite enjoyed that i mean any interaction between john steed and emma peel is wonderful it had its limitations because of what they had to work with but yeah what about yourself did you like that part uh mixed feelings i thought it was as you say sort of nice that they could have something but it was a little bit odd and i wish they had done a little more with bringing back characters from the 60s other than john steed i think that was the only time they did it and it was so awkward and limited it would have been nice to have someone else coming back with more of a a real guest appearance and of course i really wanted ian hendry to his character to be turn out to be dr david keel who had been off the scene for some time and in a strange way is reactivated in that in to catch a rat but we couldn't get that unfortunately possibly rights issues who knows yeah and you know having as we discussed in our last episode what started them on this path was a french champagne advertisement where Patrick McNee and Linda Thorsten reprised their roles as John Steed and Tara King. They didn't have Linda Thorsten show up in this new series at all, which was too bad. A shame. So it would have been nice to have the ties back to the 60s done a little bit better than they they did and sort of brought just a few more things in. Indeed. I'm going to say, Brian, that the real world of espionage, of course, is nothing like the Avengers and the new Avengers. Avengers and and also shall we say 1970s James Bond so there is a slight reservation that it does of course depend what you think about this extremely flamboyant set of super spies in the late 1970s in their wonderful outfits and their cars with all the gadgets and the lifestyle 
I suppose just like a note from me that this is, as ever, Avengers Land. It's surreal and very flamboyant in places. Oh, absolutely. This is a world where agents can be trained to be superhuman and resist bullets and where you have these cybernaut robots floating around and yeah these sort of larger than life espionage characters with their big car chases indeed yes very much so (laughs) any other negatives for this series brian i don't think so i think they achieved what they were trying to do and i think for me it worked as an avengers show When I was first introduced to the Avengers many years ago, it was the Emma Peel years and the Tara King years. And it wasn't until just recently watching things for the podcast that I saw the new Avengers. I knew that it was out there, but I didn't see it until recently. And looking at it now, I think it works. And as I've mentioned to you, Brian, this for me was my flavour of the Avengers, the new Avengers, because as listeners can probably tell, I watched this as it came out as a teenager and I was completely enthralled by it all and captured by the excitement and the plots and the flamboyant nature. And of course, Joanna Lumley's performance as Purdy. Yes, left a lasting effect on me, Brian. Yes, I can imagine this would have been quite a production to watch at the time when it was new. It's a shame it ran into troubles in the second series and we didn't get any more yeah maybe i'm satisfied with the amount that we got the one thing i would have liked to have seen more would be other characters coming back from the 60s and other references to the the earlier run than we had yeah i guess we're moving towards recommendations for our listeners now brian are you sort of ready to do that and would you like to start us off sure i can start with the recommendations I am going to recommend this. I'm not going to give it as strong a recommendation as 1960s Avengers, but definitely I would I would recommend this. It was uh, it was a good series. It did the right things for adding more to Avengers canon for me, and I thought it worked really well. So definitely the original run comes first, but this is a solid one. So I'll recommend it. Same for me, really. It's a solid recommendation. I love this series when it came out. I still enjoyed watching it this time. I've enjoyed all our trips to Avengers Land, Brian, and I feel slightly sad that there won't be any more of those. But there you go. So the new Avengers is available on DVD if you can find it. And if you want it, I would suggest now's the time to get it. And without going into too much details, we have noted that physical media for some of the shows we want to watch and cover is becoming a bit of a problem, Brian. So hopefully the rights issues will be sorted out and this will turn up on a streaming platform at some point. Yes, for sure. So, in summary, the New Avengers reintroduced us to John Steed, the gentleman spy, and also to this wonderful Avengers Land world of strange and heightened characters and science fictional elements and so on and introduces us to new team members for 
John Steed, we now have Purdy and Mike Gambit and more of a team than we did in the 60s. And we have all sorts of espionage plots, sometimes more serious ones, sometimes more out there ones, and lots of science fictional elements popping in from time to time to make this the 1970s version of a spy-fi classic. Great stuff. Do drop by the Facebook and Twitter and let us know what you think about the new Avengers. Absolutely. And please come back next time when we're just going to say it's Christmas ghost story time and we have found a show from 1987 called Mr. Corbett's Ghost. And I'm just going to say, Brian, that the cast and crew, the people involved both of in front of and behind the camera on that one, are very interesting indeed. Some stuff to talk about when we come back. Yes, that one will have a lot to talk about for sure. Until then, you can find all of our episodes right back to the very beginning at BritishInvaders.com. And if you search for British Invaders on Facebook, you can find our group there and join in on some of the conversations. Or you can follow us and talk to us on Twitter. We are at BritInvadersPod. Yes, any information or news you've got about British Invaders shows or the new Avengers or the various incarnations of the Avengers, come and tell us about it. And come and find us at the Voice of Geeks Network at vognetwork.com. British Invaders is one of the podcasts on that network, but you'll find lots of other stuff going on there. Drop by and join in the chat there as well. That's the Voice of Geeks at vognetwork.com. Absolutely. So thank you for listening. And this is Brian from Canada signing off. Yes, thank you very much indeed. Until the next time we're needed, this is Eamon in England also signing off.